Welcome to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report Live. I am the big guy Ryback, joined by Raj Geary, WrestlingInc.com. Raj, what's going on this week? Not much. A special Thursday edition. I like it. The Ryback Show Live is up and running. I'll actually be doing another show on Friday here. We're just swapping dates with the shows here to, to fit with our schedules. But yeah, as always, guys, just this week. But this show is being presented by Feed Me More Nutrition. Check out FeedMeMore.com for my $4,000 Halloween cash giveaway. And all that info is on FeedMeMore.com. Raj, how's your week going? Oh, good. It's just been busy. It's It, it never ends, which, which I guess is a good thing. It's better than being bored. Absolutely. And I apologize if I keep leaning forward. I'm using a new mic and I'm used to having the uh, podcast mics here in my face. And I keep thinking I have to bend down to talk to it. So if I keep hunching over during the show, uh, it's just me being stupid. So, oh, <laughs> uh, we actually have just swapped places on this <laughs> on the, the video. Yeah, we did. So, uh, How did that happen? Hold on one second. We're going to bring Raj back. There we, there we go. go. <laughs> All right, just so people didn't get confused. <laughs> there would there would definitely be complaints over that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, this week uh, the big news, uh, I guess, from the WWE side was the draft. Um, every now this is becoming a yearly tradition since they did the official brand split again in 2016. Um, I can run through these real quick. It's, it's really weird because I don't. I think this is the first year where they've done it, where they said someone's being drafted to their own brand, which you know in the real sports you don't that. you don't say that. Yeah. But um, so I can run through these real quick, or I could just do some of the big ones. Um, do the big ones. Do the big ones. As most people watching, I would assume, are, are up to date on everything. Yeah, I'll just do the ones where where people have moved. So Seth Rollins moved from Raw to SmackDown. AJ Styles goes from SmackDown to Raw. Uh, Naomi went from SmackDown to Raw. Bianca Belair goes from Raw to SmackDown. Uh, Rey Mysterio and Dominic go from Raw to SmackDown. Murphy goes from Raw to SmackDown. So basically the whole uh, Mysterios versus the Messiah uh, feud stays intact on SmackDown. Miz and John Morrison are on Raw now. I think this is dumb as hell, and we'll talk about this, but SmackDown Tag Team Champions Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods go from SmackDown to Raw. Conversely, Street Profits go from Raw to SmackDown, and they're the Raw Tag Team Champions. And uh, those were those were the major ones. Oh, and, and I'm sorry, one more. Uh, Bray Wyatt goes from SmackDown to Raw. Uh, Charlotte Flair stays on Raw. Oh, and Braun Strowman goes to Raw from SmackDown. Matt Riddle also, as well. Uh, Kevin Owens goes to SmackDown from Raw, and Jeff Hardy goes to Raw from SmackDown. So they're really moving a lot of the underneath guys. Yep. Lars Sullivan, he's back. He's staying on SmackDown. Alexa Bliss is going to Raw with, with Bray Wyatt. And those are the big ones. Yeah, I know, and I, I caught a, a good part of the show, and, and Stephanie was just reading it off. It just seems like it, it's kind of... It's been done so many times, you know, when we, when we, they had that TV deal initially with Fox and then USA, you remember they had all the executives and the, and the, and it making it seem like every, which was horrible, which I think we all could agree with was, was not ideal, but um, they were trying to make it seem like such a big deal. And whereas this one, it's just almost, eh, it's like too little, too late. Like I told you last week you're just swapping out the same pieces. Nobody's, uh, they're all ever, and this is not against the talent. The talent are all amazing, but everyone's only at allowed to stay at a certain level. So even, even switching guys around, yeah, you might get some new matchups again uh, early on, but as we see that, that wears out really, really quickly under the current format and with the amount of product that they have. And, um, and as we're seeing certain things, you know, the, the tag team title situation, you know, with that, it, 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 it would not have been too much to think of a creative way to, to create some sort of, of something on TV more than just that. And I know I saw Hurricane Shane Helms like made like that, like lazy booking, lazy creative. And essentially, and that's a nice way of saying lazy Vince. And that's mm -hmm. all that it is. It's lazy Vince. And that and it's is now is Vince lazy and a lot of other things absolutely not but when it comes to creative 
he's gotten really, really lazy over the years because he hasn't had to, and he doesn't, he's making more money than ever on the back end, which is all he cares about. So it's no longer, how can I enhance all these people, these wrestlers and make them as big as possible. And so it's, he's not thinking along the lines that, that he once was. And then when I, when people will say like, well, Vince is out of touch. He's not out of touch. He knows exactly what he's doing. I remember having a conversation with Steve Austin. I go, and before I did his podcast the first time, and where we were talking about what people say they think Vince, you know, forgets things. And I go, no, he's he's as sharp as a tack. And like Steve's like, he goes, I know he is. And I go, people, I go, Vince just literally, he knows what's going on. He's making more money than ever. So it's just he doesn't care anymore because he, he got away from needing the wrestlers to make him his money. And now he can make it through other ways without paying them directly or, or making their brands bigger than they what they should be. So when you switch these guys back and forth like this, at this point in time, it's really, really just, it, it doesn't matter anymore. And then like announcing the same people, you know, like there could, there, uh, and I love Titus. I think Titus is a great human being, but like, uh, you know, the last pick, like, so it's underwhelming television and the guy staying on the same brand. Like, it's just like, it's, <laughs> right, yeah. but it is what it is. You know, I understand where fans complain about certain things. I just think it's like I'll just turn it off. You know, I just walk away, and I do it all the time. Where and rather than you know be upset over it, but if we're going to talk about it, I just think that there's some glaring holes in that in, in, in that product over there, which is from the business model. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's not that hard to say raw champions don't get drafted instead of what they did where if if you're a big wrestling fan who cares about title uh you know the the, the uh lineage oh my gosh lineage lineage yes uh you know and and then the raw and smackdown tag team championships they just swapped them uh you know each champions were more, uh, switched to the other brand i mean there were ways you could do it without having to mess with the titles but you know they they obviously don't care i hope you can't hear that behind me but there's lawnmower just no it's fine I, we can but it, it'll be all right it doesn't seem overwhelming um yeah. you know and again you could have just drafted Big E to raw and left the tag titles alone right. but again they might have the plans for Big E maybe to have whatever they want to do with him on smackdown so right. i understand that but well, you could have drafted kofi and xavier to to raw they won the, the tag titles just last week so you didn't have to do the title change draft them to raw and have them win the titles there yeah, absolutely. That's but then that could have been a thing where they don't want the um the other guys to to drop the titles yet either. It's the um new what is it like street profits, sorry. Street profits. Yeah. So it could have just but I understand people's frustration on that of where but again, it's their company, they could do what they want. But I think when there's opportunities to do cool storylines, you want to take advantage of it. And it's just like it that was the well, let's just swap the titles out. I could see Michael Hayes speaking up in the meeting, thinking that's a really, really creative idea, and like, you know, and then then everybody agreeing with it, and they so they do it. So, and here we are. Yeah. Um, also, uh, and in the past, they used to do really creative things with the draft, where they'd have one guy wrestle from one brand, wrestle another guy from the other brand. The winner got the got the pick, and they just tried all these different things. Now it's just Stephanie McMahon reading names. Uh, so it's yeah. It, like to your point, yeah, they don't care, but that seems to be uh, Vince's Vince's plan. And it's not lazy creative; it's lazy Vince to correct Hurricane yeah. Helms because it's right. Vince's company is in charge of all that, and that's a nice way of, of of saying I'll fucking say it. It's lazy Vince, right. straight up. So, yeah. Also, this week Lana won the women's battle royal. She's basically been being buried. Oh, wow. Uh, ever since Miro debuted in AEW, she's been put. Through, she'd never been through a table before. Four out of the past five weeks, she's been put through a table. Even this past Monday on Raw, she lost her tag team match for her team earlier in the night. Then wins the battle royal by a fluke. I don't know if it's their way of saying, "Hey, see, we're actually pushing her. We're not punishing her." But uh, yeah, Lana's getting a title shot next week. And though, but there's multiple ways of looking at this is she's being used on television a lot. She's very popular on social media, which only is going to help her just being on TV. She's just playing roles. Now, there is that point, though, when you're not being used uh, in the best of ways, you got to know what's good business and bad business overall. 
uh, as long as, you know, if they did this to her and then they just took her off TV or diminished her role, which they do all the time to people, then it's bad. But if it's just something where she's just constantly on TV and it's just a different storyline, it, 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 it's, it's, it's not, not so bad on that end. And it's, it's TV time. Um, but there is a good way and a bad way of doing things. And, but, you know, Lana's never been figured in from like on a wrestling standpoint so much. She's always been like part of her and Rusev together, Miro, when they were there. Not as a wrestler, just but as, as a strong on screen character presence. So, I mean, she's still early on in whether she hasn't been doing a ton of wrestling stuff throughout her career, even though she knows how to wrestle. And uh, so it, it just all, you know, with that company, my my guard would be raised instantly if that's me in that, like, what, what are we doing? And, and sometimes you get so just laid back and I've had it happen to me where you're like, okay, that's just this week. You know, I'll worry about next week, next week. And these little things add up over time. You got to be really careful of that as well from a, from a performance standpoint. But yeah, I mean, what do you say? It, 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 when it, we've seen it with them time and time again, do, do underhanded things like this to talent, but I don't know on this particular situation. I can't hear you, Raj. Sorry about that. I'm trying to keep the lawnmower out and <laughs> forget forget I'm muting myself. Uh, Paul Heyman did an interview this past week on Ariel Helwani's MMA show. Uh, he was talking about Brock Lesnar, and uh, he basically said Brock Lesnar is not going back to UFC. That's pretty much out of the equations. And as far as the WWE return goes, he said, depends on if there's a worthy challenger and enough box office appeal. But right now, he's very happy being a farmer and a magnificent father to his children. However, if there's something that WWE can offer that intrigues, motivates, or inspires Lesnar, and if the money is right and the business is solid, I'm sure we would be willing to do it. He would be willing to do it. Yeah, that's. I mean, Paul would know. He, he talks to Brock probably more than anybody, and you know, I, I think Brock is smart during COVID with there no fans. You know, mm -hmm. he did his business at WrestleMania. He put Drew over, go away for a long time, and then when you come back, you know. It, it come back in a meaningful way, which he's he's been great at doing. He's very good at protecting himself and and always keeping himself an attraction. And uh, and I like I said, I think in, in the history of the wrestling business, I think he's probably negotiated the best deals in the history of the business, bar none. And I think it's he's you know if the right offer did present itself for you, and I think it would have to be a very lucrative offer. Um, but again, at this point in time, you know, he's achieved, he's already won the championship there at an age at a young where nobody thought he had, he had a chance, you know, beating Randy Couture and it, it's, and then defending it. And, and just, I, I think at, at this point in time, wrestling would probably be the best bet with everything and financially, because, you know, with fighting, you know, you, you're taking a very high risk every time you step in there and, you know, he steps in there with a guy like John Jones and, you know, one, one kick to the head, you know, your, your life can be altered forever. And, and not to say that it would go that way, but there's 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 that risk and possibility. So I think he's he's a smart businessman and he will he will be back in WWE, I think, at some point or another promotion if they make the right offer for the right and again, the right matchup with him. But Brock is really good at, at understanding the business end of this. So. I, I yeah. deserves that time at home. He's done it right. Every wrestler should aspire to be like him business wise. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Elizabeth Fox with the 499 super chat. Thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, she's saying, I feel like Lana is a better manager than a wrestler. They haven't done much with her since the Rusev day stuff. Yeah, no, and everyone, you know, has their, their strengths and weaknesses. Um, and I think sometimes though you, you play a role, you know, if Lana is, and then there's no live events right now. But if Lana was working 15, 20 minute live events and then, you know, and I've done this, I've been in this role. And then you get to TV and you do these short matchups where people don't really know what you're capable of. Um, and then I don't know the particular the, in the situation with Lana, where her development is and whatnot. But she's a very she she embraces every role that she plays. But there are people that are better as managers. There's people that are better than commentating you know, backstage roles, et cetera. And then there's people that thrive being in the ring. 
I think it's, you got to give her a fair chance and opportunity long term to uh, to see uh, what she can do. So, you know, we've seen in the past with Alana where they do this and then she I think they did something where she was in an angle and got beat really quickly. It will be we'll see how they use her for that championship match. Are they going to let her go out there and have a 20, 25 minute match like they would some of the people in that inner circle? Or is this going to be a five minute, you know, and, and she loses quickly match? And that, that's what we're going to have to see to see how they were, how they progress with her on it. Yeah. Uh, this past week, John Cena finally got married. He got married to Shay uh, Shari. It's the, I can't say her last name. I'm going to call it Shay Cena. Um, <laughs> but they got married this past Monday in Tampa. Uh, they started dating last year uh, in, in early 2019, uh, went public a couple months later. Uh, they got engaged earlier this year, and uh, it's Cena's second marriage. He was previously married in 2009 to Elizabeth Herberdew, and they divorced in 2012. Obviously, famously, Cena popped the question to Nikki Bell at WrestleMania 33, but they were split up within a year. And then after that, within two years, they both are now married. So congrats to the... Congrats to the happy couple. Congratulations. Yep. That um, as long as he's happy and uh, which he seems uh, to be very happy, then th that's, that's all there is to say. I will say there was a, a funny thing that happened when, his, when he, remember when he first got divorced on his uh, first marriage, we were having, I don't know if it had just happened or it was, it was happening or it, it had already happened, but um, Cena was, they were going out of their way to protect him on TV with me where he was, were cutting promos on me and I was not allowed to counter. I mean, this was like a very serious thing. They brought me into the writer's room with him and I was being, you do not respond to this. You let him say this to you because they know how witty I am and that I would like to probably come back, even though I'm a heel and I know how to work to put the baby face back over. But when he's doing, you know, the, whatever he's doing, where like the Neanderthal or there's nothing going through your brain when he's making these comments and then we're in the writer's room and you're just literally told like, you're just going to stand there and just stare Adam and I'd like, and it, it, it's pretty annoying and frustrating because, but he used the, the power of the writing team to protect him out there many, many times. But I actually made a comment on Twitter after he said something, I don't know if he said something about not having balls, something on TV where, and it was, it was great entertainment, right? But I'm not allowed to, to be witty and I got to stick to this boring script. And so then I made sure I would use Twitter to my advantage and got some good laughs at him which I made a comment about something with his ex-wife, something, and I don't remember the exact specific tweet. I actually remember we were on an international plane ride. I got pulled, all, uh, we got off the plane, the WWE office, Mark Carano and somebody else, they were like freaking out that I made a tweet coming back at John that the ex-wife was going to sue. It was so ridiculous. I'm like, the ex-wife can't sue anybody for somebody making a comment on there that had nothing to do with like exposing anything. You know, it was... And it, I just remember, I was like, God, this company sucks. <laughs> and that was, uh, and it was just, and it was what it was. But that brought, that reminded me of that story of uh, of how much they protected him out there, of, of not letting people be witty with him or whatnot with his, with the first wife. So, but congratulations though, seriously. I think everybody, you know, is, happiness is key. So. Yeah. Uh, Cena hasn't worked a, a real match. He, he did that, that uh, segment with Bray Wyatt last year at WrestleMania. Or, or this past year, but since last year, he hasn't wrestled a real match. Do you see Cena uh, coming back? He's got a bunch of big movie roles coming up. He's got a TV show on HBO Max, um, uh, or a superhero show. Yeah. There obviously is uh, an issue with uh, actors insurance or movie insurance that has kept The Rock away. Chances are it'll keep Cena away uh, if unless he's free during WrestleMania time. Uh, do you see him wanting to come back now? I don't know. And, I, and I'm sure he's doing very, very well. He he made a ton of money in wrestling. Um, I will say this about John. I've always talked about how positive an experience wrestling him, but personally we have our issues. Looking at him, though, he has aged rapidly to me, like rapidly. And just looking at photos of him and, you know, I'm trying to figure out a nice way to say this. And like John and John is an incredible hard worker, but I, I don't see him coming back. And, and there's a lot on the drug scene, like with John and we all thought it like with his trainer, Rob McIntyre, he EPO HGH at high levels. And uh, in, in, in this isn't, this is all speculation, 
but I think he's gotten away from that in a way, and he's aged rapidly, um, rapidly being out of the game. And I don't, I don't think he can hang coming back, quite frankly. He works really hard, but I, I will say John's career, and this is my opinion on it, I think in knowing him and what I've seen with him and looking at his family members, I don't – I think he moves on. And that's – I like John wrestling. I learned a lot from John wrestling. But if we're going to be honest about the situation, he's aging rapidly away, and, I, and I'm pretty confident I know why. And, and I think he's going to continue to have major success – in the movie, you awesome. I wish him nothing but success. But that is the, in my opinion, the truth of the situation. I don't see him coming back and being able to necessarily once you're away that long. And and he's not younger, like I said. And you know, he's not with that whole thing. If you're making millions and millions of dollars, not killing yourself, he's already done everything in wrestling. He's going to do right. What yeah. what is what for him to do? And again, that's all speculation from what I've seen around and with his trainer, Rob McIntyre, in conversations. Like, and it, it's a very real, real thing that people are very ignorant to with him. And and I, but I'm not. And John knows it as well. And, and that's why we always kind of, you know, it is what it is. But I wish him the best. And I think he's going to have massive success in the movies. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, this past week, Finn Balor tweeted about his recent surgery. He uh, suffered a jaw, uh, broken jaw in two places uh, during his win over Kyle O'Reilly at TakeOver 31 uh, earlier this month. Uh, he said he underwent surgery for two fractures of his jaw, including one going into his tooth. He said after the tooth was removed, he was wired shut to restore his bite and help align the fractures. The three plates were screwed in to fixate the fractures for a quick recovery. He said no wires were needed after surgery, so... Uh, he is at a surgery, you know, he had the surgery done and the typical recovery time for a broken jaw is around six weeks. And apparently WWE are kind of taking a wait and see approach as far as uh, what to do with the NXT title, depending on his recovery time. Yeah, no, that, that's unfortunate. I like Finn a lot, man. Great, great human being, great guy, great wrestler. It sucks. I know I saw Jericho had made a comment about like on the injuring, each other and it, it, it's true but i mean injuries happen it's part of the business yeah and, they were they were both injured kyle o'reilly is out for uh, an undisclosed injury he hasn't wrestled since then uh usually yeah. that means uh, often that means a concussion uh and yeah like you said a fan tweeted to jericho saying uh take notes from o'reilly and balor on how to deliver a main event match yeah. and jericho responded sure how to f each other up during a match so they can't work again for months hashtag smart yeah. wrestling and again, though, that fan's a loser. Like, fan, like, I mean, Jericho gets just everyone at that level gets from these people, you know, it's just block them. It's, and Chris, and that's just him being witty and funny and being a heel back to the guy um, with that. The guy and guys' injuries are part of the game. But again, that's the, the, the certain things like that. Now, my thing is, are these the, the hardcore following, you know, people, you know, were really, really upset. That you know, the certain group of that that hardcore following that when I gorilla pressed Punk, which Punk, by the way, didn't post correctly and actually posted off the side of my back, pushing himself to the side of the table, also, just so people are aware, onto mats, onto mats, which the table still broke and he landed on mats. And people were really mad that I was a dangerous worker on that small group of people. Now, are that is that same group of people, you know, are they are they letting those two guys know how unsafe they are? That's the 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 question because these guys are hurting each other all the time. A lot of these guys today, you know, we can name one or two things where people, one guy speculated that I heard him on, and nobody ever since has. So it's, uh, you know, it, it, Chris is and just acknowledging that I think he's doing it just to kind of he's not doing it to personally attack those two guys. It's more out of a to to retaliate against that tweet of that guy and that he and whatnot, but. It's just showing like people like that, those fans that do that, man. And they're not even fans. They're just they they bitch and whine about everything. They go from literally thing to thing to thing to thing. And uh, the key is just staying away from them, living life, and just keep being happy and being great. Chris is great, and yeah. uh, and those guys, that guy's gonna lose for the rest of his life. I promise you. So, uh, dream uh, dream twelve chaser uh, posting a comment. Work smart, not stupid. And I think that's the one thing Jericho. He has talked a lot about in the past. I don't think he meant to attack Finn Balor or Kyle no, O'Reilly by any means, but he does always often talk about doing 
less is more and not having to kill yourself every time he's talked to, you know, he said he's talked to a little Osprey in the past about some of the moves he does that are maybe unnecessary and not, not needed. Yeah. And, and that working smarter and, uh, and, uh, and I think maybe that's, he probably meant that as well. Um, Absolutely. And I think yeah. it's just the way you're responding to a tweet though. And sometimes right. in tweets, they could be mis misinterpreted or come off even Whereas if you're saying something, you can actually hear the context of it and the voice of it, you know, and how you react to it. And tweets sometimes are really hard to decipher that and which is which can make it good or bad, depending on, on what it is. But, yeah, Chris isn't he's never Chris isn't against wrestlers. Chris, Chris is I mean, in the things he's doing over there is spectacular and people for the amount of time he's done it. But that's what he gets a lot of hate from people. That because for jumping from WWE to AEW, those people that just want hate and the guy is is to to have kept himself relevant in wrestling, uh, essentially just getting higher and higher the longer he's done it. You know what I mean? And, and it, it's it continuously even with things where it's like even if there's a little bit of a standstill at different points, he keeps finding ways to like elevate himself in his career. And now he's elevating a, a, a group of, of people with him uh, and it's everybody working together, but he's playing a really, really big role in that. So yeah. I think you got to respect that. Like it, it, people in the business do, it's unfortunate the people that aren't in the business, you know, but that's just a reflection of their mindset and where they're at in their life. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Before moving on, we'll get some of these comments here. A dream 12 chaser again, saying, look at Randy Orton. He works smart and he rarely gets injured. He yep. used to get injured all the time at first, and yeah, now he he never does. And Randy, I have nothing but great things to say about Randy. I've always gotten along with him, and he is a, a very intelligent wrestler. He, he was raised in the business. He suffered some major injuries early on, and nothing from working necessarily super crazy or anything, but he learned how to get, stay healthy and stay in shape uh, on that, that grueling schedule. And now you look at his career – and it's he's I, and I feel like when he wants to keep going to really, really cement himself uh, in his legacy, I feel like in the wrestling world, which he's, he's doing and he's done. Um, and there's a time and a place for everything. And uh, it's really you can't. It, the basics, you'll never they'll, they'll never go away in learning how to actually work and tell a story and, and facials and mannerisms and getting a reaction without necessarily doing something really high risk and the talent will learn and the guys. I understand it when you're young, you want to do whatever you can to get people's attention and there's a time and a place for it. But sometimes you just, they get caught up in doing it every chance they get. And all it takes is, you know, one thing, just one thing and you, you're done and you're not making money anymore. And it, it, it's, so there's a, Randy's just simply trying to communicate that to talent like that because that used to be instilled in talent. And then if you could guys could always do this cool stuff, but it was just they would do it at certain times and places. And it was it was pulled back oftentimes. You know, I remember Dr. Tom Pritchard always getting on guys about having psychology and the guys that could do some of the cool things. It's OK to do the cool things, but make sure there's a time and a place for it. Don't just do it just to show the front row that you can do a flip and, you know, land on your knees on the outside or whatever it may be. So balance, it's balance. And because uh, um, the healthier everybody is, the more money everybody makes, especially if you're really talented, you can do things and you want to have guys like that around and you can have good storylines with eventually. And, and it's not, it's not coming from an ill place at all. When he, when Randy gives like the advice and when Chris gives advice, it's coming from the, best teacher on the planet, this thing called experience and, and, and having success with that experience. So, yeah, a couple more co comments and let's move on. Uh, Sanju Hira saying he's a big fan, bro. I'm thinking he's referring to you, not me. <laughs> <laughs> big Raj Geary fan of the house. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, Rich Gaming, I think this is pretty obvious. If you ever think about coming back to wrestling, would you either go to WWE or <clears throat> e AEW? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't be any more clear about this. We've talked about it. AEW is the number one place in my head that um, is is the sole place I think that I'm interested in going in once I get my final stem cells, which I got my consult today on Zoom at 12 o'clock uh, for the stem cells. Austin Aries is handling my case. He works with BioAccelerator now in a top position. 
with the brand ambassadors and people that they're giving the treatment to. And uh, they're bringing me down for my final ones here. We're hoping to get it by the end of 2020 here. Uh, it may not be until January 2021 because they were a little backed up, um, but it's all timed out really well. And when I get those final procedures, I'm, um, I will be making a phone call and we will see what we will see what the options are. And uh, but I'm really I think 2021 is is going to be the it was supposed to be 2020, but COVID happened. So it's I think 2021. And I actually it all could I couldn't be any more grateful because I needed the time. So. Um, we were talking about Finn Balor's injury. Uh, Wrestling Inc. first exclusively reported this week uh, that Andrade also is going to be out of action for about a month. He underwent a he's undergoing a minor elective procedure, and that is the, the from what I heard that is why he was hasn't been drafted yet. I know there have been some talents that are injured uh, that have been drafted. There are others that weren't even in the pool, like Jinder Mahal. Uh, but Andrade is out for about a month and. I think he'll, the word I got was that he'll probably be getting a push when he gets back. I feel like that we've been hearing these. I always pop when I hear the uh, people say like, oh, he's going to get a push. He's going to get a push. Like, I don't even, I don't know what the, like, where does that come from? Like, it, it's so crazy. This, like, does, does Melter report that on the Wrestling Observer? Like, oh, I heard he's getting a push. Well, I, the, the word, from what I take as getting a push now is that you're going to be on TV and not just use for main event. Like you're, you know, you're going to, but Andrade is always on TV, isn't he? Yeah, but he's been kind of losing a lot lately. And, and a lot of times when that starts to happen, then all of a sudden they disappear from TV. They're on main event, you know, like Mustafa Ali for a long time. Like he had just, yeah, yeah. you, you know what I mean? So, I mean, in reality, a real push in WWE only exists for the top, top guys. But uh, as, as long as you're not on main event, I guess that's something of a push. <laughs> yeah, no, and I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. But I'll never forget. I was uh, rehabbing after my groin injury at uh, NXT, and uh, Terry Taylor came up to me. I was in the ice bath, uh, icing my groin, and uh, and he's like, "Oh, I, I read your. Uh, this is how I knew there are all these people in the business are just marks and read everything." And uh, Terry Taylor's a nice guy, but fucking Mark, <laughs> like this is that reading the dirt sheets and believing what you're reading. He literally came up to me and goes, oh, I read you're getting a push. And I literally, I go, what? <laughs> like, I, I'm not even wrestling, right? Like, I'm not even, like, you read I'm getting a push? Like, what? Where does that, because he read it on some dirt sheet. And I'm just like, that's the business now is everybody's reading what these dumbasses are writing that aren't in the business. Like, it's it's insane. And I've talked to people in the business, and I like Terry Taylor, but it just comes off horrible when you, when you do that. And uh, at least it does to me. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with Andrade. And uh, I just think the whole business, and WWE side, man, it's such just BS. Like, it's the Lars Sullivan's back, right? And there are already people like, I, I, I saw something where they said the, um, that Lars is already has not, doesn't have many locker room supporters or anything like that, right? Where do you think that comes from? Yeah. You want to know? But the one supporter he has is supposedly Vince, right? So... Mm-hmm. And then the people, these these shady ass producers that work there that maybe don't like Lars for whatever and with everything going on, they are the ones that feed out stuff to Meltzer and stuff who starts putting more negative stuff on him so that then Lars deals with like more negative stuff coming at him from like that hardcore group of people, which you don't even know if it's legit or not. But that's the whole poisonous aspect of the business that's really bad in WWE. A lot of people are unaware of, but I'm happy that guy overcame his injuries to come back. Because he again, it, you never want to see anybody injured. And the guy, I, I think you gotta. I think there's there's a lot of money in him if he's used appropriately up there, and if he can stay healthy um, with things. But I saw, but like, there's something with him where they they were something that came out also too on the uh, like he messaged a woman and like you know asking for pictures or something. I'm like God, like this. I feel bad. And again. And I saw the she was married. We don't even know if he knew if she was married or not or anything like that. But right. there's already, it seems like there's a large portion of people that are just trying to like that cancel culture that want to cancel this guy. And I'm like, it sucks this time in, in, that we live in. Like, and again, you got, when you're in that position, you got to be careful of who you trust because, right. but like, to me, I read that, I go, man, does that, did that woman need to expose that with him? Did he do anything really out? Like, he, okay, he asked for pictures and like, but is that something maybe she could just like delete it and or block him and let it go? 
Does she right. need to submit that to dirt sheets to, or how does that get out to where I'm like, that's so, so now we're going to, we're going to knock the guy for trying to get laid. Like, I, I don't know what, like, I don't know what, what, what we're, what we're trying to do here. Cause then we knock him for something else. And then, and again, the comments early on, I agree with complete BS. And I think though he, he, he paid the fine and I think you grow up and you do things when you're younger and you got to give him an opportunity, which he's not done anything like that since. And I think he learned a valuable, valuable lesson. But again, we're taking something before he was ever even in wrestling. And, and you know, I it's just it's crazy. The environment is what I'm getting at, like with those producers and the people. And I dealt with this on my own when you're getting a push from Vince and there's two of these guys that like they get jealous. And so now they have a direct contact with boys online if they want to, which Melcher does it all the time with people. And he, he could think he's getting the truth from these guys, but they're making shit up just out there. It's I'm telling you a horrible environment that I'm, I'm so happy to be away from that part of the business. Cause it's just, it's garbage, but I'm happy to see Lars back and to see, I think there's going to be a valuable opportunity to make money with him. If he can stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, when I saw Lars in NXT, I always figured he was the one guy I really saw like that could be in the main events in WWE because he has he checks all the boxes for Vince. He's got the size, he's got a unique look, uh, and and he's he's good in the ring. And you know, and when you say check the boxes for Vince, so I think you check the boxes for when a casual person sees him, he looks yeah. like a freak, right? Right. You see, like he does look like a legit freak, and like yeah, it, I guess it, when I say I say that, I mean like for. Uh, yeah, for casuals as opposed to hardcores. Yeah, but which the hardcore will will like also. There's a large portion of them that will like him. There'll be that negative vocal part that are always going to complain about everything, but he had great success in NXT, and I think there's no reason. He just hasn't been healthy enough up there long enough to let it play out into something. like. So what they're doing is what they were doing before. Right. I'm a fan of because he was gone for so long. So it's reminding the audience again, even though the audience is half of what it was. Let's remind the, the last half watching. And let's I think there's going to be an opportunity for him to, to hopefully to make some good money in wrestling. Yeah. And this is a and, the, and what they're doing with him is a formula that's worked for you. It's worked for Brock Lesnar. It's worked for Braun Strowman. Yeah. We're just destroy guys and show how, you know, how, how impressive you are. And, and it, we've seen it can create superstars. But I will say, though, I mean, they're, what they're doing with him, though, like what they did with me was with, with locals. I didn't even touch mm -hmm. the main roster. I was already over and hadn't touched the main roster yet, and yeah. that, that which is not easy to do. They're letting him go in there with guys that are, are, are stars in destroying right. them, which is a that's a different thing, which mm -hmm. and hopefully they can pay off into something. But there's a valuable opportunity to get really, really over if he can uh, understand um, – the more than just doing moves part of the business. Yeah. Um, Ivelisse uh, revealed this past week in a Q&A that she is now officially a part of AEW. She signed with uh, she signed with them. So she had been on their TV. She won that tournament uh, a couple weeks back, and she is uh, officially signed. Congratulations to her. I mean, AEW is, uh, you know, I, I, speaking of that, and congratulations, and, and very happy to see her get a, a good opportunity over there. I always, when I see uh, Gallows and Anderson going with Impact, and I know Jericho had talked about wanting to bring them into AEW initially, even before, I was like, man, I really wish those guys would have gone over there right after WWE here. I really think that could have helped, really, with that roster, and they're so entertaining. I'm a big fan of those guys. And Gallows, what he does outside of with his with his sex Ferguson character, like he's one of the most entertaining guys in pro wrestling, mm -hmm. and I was like, man, I wish they would they they could have went over there and maybe their contracts. I don't know how long they are, but I I like them pick AEW picking up more and more people because it's yeah. and and she's in a good looking woman, and I think that like it's, there's going to be that that helps it, it helps and talent aside, it helps. So right. Uh, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine, uh, for the first time ever, they did their, I believe this was the first time ever, otherwise it's their second time, the Women's 100 list. And uh, this year it was topped by Bailey. So Bailey was ranked number one on the PWI uh, 100 for women. Congratulations to Bailey. And uh, I've always, Bailey's, Bailey's awesome. There's nothing negative to say about Bailey. Uh, and she, I think you know she had that 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 very children PG babyface gimmick character, which is completely fine 
There's a ton of money in that, by the way, merchandising when like mm-hmm. tons of money, if you, if you are allowed to. And, uh, and then she embraced, uh, you know, going to the other side, changed up her look and, uh, you know, her and Sasha are, are, have been figured in ever since in one way or another. And uh, I always say, and I, when I remember before when Kenny Omega was number one, I remember I told you, like, should always be a WWE guy. The reason why I say that, and now as times are changing, I, I, I don't necessarily think that has to be the case. If there's no more four or five days a week. The reason I said that before is because learning to perform at the game four to five nights a week and staying healthy over a long period of time specifically like a year is a very difficult thing to do, which, whereas if you're not doing that, it, it's easier to to go out and not easier necessarily, but I'm saying you're not doing it at that level. Uh, but for her, for the better part, even though COVID and everything this year, she's as talented as they come. She's super nice. I got to be around her when I was there before I left. And uh, I remember we talked to her several times and just a, just pleasurable, good person. Yeah. Um, also this past week, Joey Ryan announced he's suing Impact Wrestling for $10 million due to a breach of contract. Uh, he was a, a big part of the, the Me Too stuff that happened yeah. for, uh, this past summer. Uh, and he was terminated by Impact in June. And he is alleging that they breached their contract in the wake of the allegations. And uh, he said his contract was scheduled to run through August 31st of next year, but it was terminated on June 22nd. He said he was the subject of several allegations of, I mean, uh, his lawsuit didn't mention why Impact released him as it only focused on why Anthem failed to live up to their end of the deal. And so, yeah, he, uh, Ryan had, Joey Ryan had sued several of the people uh, that came out against him uh, for a multi-million dollar lawsuit. And uh, we've got another one. I will say this because, and this is a very, and, and I don't know, the Joey Ryan stuff. I only met Joey a couple times. He was always really nice when I met him. We, we he was in the same locker room. We right next to each other. My last shows two and a half years ago for Hornswoggle in Wisconsin, uh, and uh, he seemed fine. And again, I don't know what happened with everything when the whole speaking out thing. I don't know him at that level, so I can't say either way. I will say, you know, if he's doing this. And it impact be in a really bad, bad position here. If because if they released him solely tweets that were not proven and nothing happened with, and there's and he's able to go in there and, and show that they violated that contract and in his say none of this, all this speaking out stuff, we all saw it pop up and then all went away, right? Nothing, nothing really came about of any of it with it that we know of that go in there legally and show they violated that contract over what happened. There's a very good chance. Now, I'm not saying he's going to get that, but there's a good chance he winning realistically with that. If nothing was proven and they're just going solely off tweets, which is a very dangerous thing now. And I don't know if it's true or not regardless. Right. But if they actually followed up with, and the company just released him and they're not able to prove that they had ample evidence of someone just saying something and they were, were, were police charges filed or were, you know, is there an investigation under the way if they have to like show that in court, what they get that decision that violated that contract and they're not able to, they're in trouble. And Joey is apparently going all out at this because I think is, you know, I don't know what his reputation was before or anything, mm-hmm. but obviously this is affecting his working where people are now, th- this stuff has serious repercussions which is is one of the dangerous things with social media where if anybody can say anything and nothing is actually really proven it's a really it's like what do you what do you do um i stay out of it personally it's not my my, i don't distract myself with it but i think on his side if he's going this route he has some information that it's worthwhile going after this and i won't be shocked if he comes away with a with a with a boatload of money i want to and uh yeah, and to your point, uh, the other lawsuit that's been filed out of all this was against Matt Riddle, which we talked about last week. Yeah. As far as Joey Ryan, this is the sixth lawsuit that he's filed against various parties that have you know, come out uh, claiming sexual assault allegations. And uh, Joey Ryan is claiming that the women who made those allegations have hurt his ability to make income, not only as a wrestler, but also through merchandise, social media, and his bar wrestling promotion. So yeah. um, Joey Ryan. Um, 
finally, last thing, the ratings. Uh, ratings were were up for WWE uh, with the draft. Uh, Raw this past Sunday night did 1.855 million viewers on the USA Network. Granted, this would have sounded like a horrible number a year ago, but it's actually up 10% from last week's 1.686 million viewers. It was actually the seventh best audience for the show since the post-WrestleMania episode. And also in the 18 to 49 demo, it was the third highest rated since the post-WrestleMania night episode. So, um, and that's against the NFL. I, uh, so, and the uh, and, and NHL, I believe, as well that night. So, a strong competition, and it still did pr- pretty well. Yeah, I'm, for them, anything going up is positive at this point, rather than continuously going down. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I again. I think we just, it's the same conversation though. I think with, with, a, we got to wait to see what the numbers are going to come back to when a crowd is back and if it's too little, too late. And it's just right now is there's no way to gauge even what's working or not working is outside of like with a live audience. Um, now you can go social media feedback, but oftentimes it's not an accurate assessment overall from the people that there's, cause there's a large portion that watch on TV that aren't addicted to social media or, or leaving negative comments or, or this and that. It, so it, it, it narrows your, your market down significantly, I feel, but yeah, I mean, it, I think we thought with the NFL, I, I'm a little surprised the numbers didn't go down on more with everything with, with people viewing, but perhaps it's because they've already lost that audience already. And we're kind of, you know what I mean? Where it's not really at the core now and and this fluctuations are going to be small. Yeah. Where the majority of what, like now we're really down to the, to the, to the, the hardcore. Like it's the people that walked away have just said, all right, we're done. And they're not coming back, which is why I think that's where it's going to be telling to get crowds back to see where this comes back at. I think you will get a, you will get a bump. No doubt. You're going to, you have to, you have to, if you don't like we're, we're in major trouble. From a from a from that a television standpoint, I would think. Um, but I mean, this is the forgotten period to me. I tell you, with everything, and like you got guys like Angel Garza out there, and people everyone they're putting them out there time and time again, and there's not there's not that feedback for them to know what's working or not working, and they're just kind of they're doing what they're what they're told. And I think it, it, you want to see, uh, you know, even with Drew as champion, you don't really know how well that's going. All right. So it's you want you want to be able to to get that that feedback live because that's that's always been so important. Not that WWE listens to it all the way, but they they will a little bit until they have to get away from it and to keep everything at the level. But yeah. from a viewing standpoint, it's tough. Yeah, and SmackDown also they were they were also way up. Uh, well, not way up from uh, just way up from what they've been doing. They did two point one seven eight million viewers. It was up from last week. Uh, last week's episode did uh, 2.155. So slightly up from last week, but it was still their best number since late August. So um, so SmackDown also up with the draft. They did a 0.6 rating in the 18 to 49 demo. Now for uh, network TV, they round. So you don't have a 0.55 or a 0.56. It's either a 0.5 or a 0.6, uh, yep. which we don't have with Raw and uh, AEW and NXT. We get more precise uh, ratings in the demo, but regardless, the 0.6 rating that they did in the 18 to 49 demo is tied with a bunch of other stuff to be uh, the best rating in that demo uh, since WrestleMania. So, uh, good numbers for now uh, with the draft. Yeah, and you know, with Roman over there and Paul, and again, like that's a storyline that would definitely benefit from having a crowd even more to get those reactions from the live audience and stuff. Uh, but yeah, they've they've got the bigger network over there, so the numbers are going to be a little better. And uh, but again, this is I think we're we're kind of at that range now. We're hovering. It's not all right. It is what it is right now, and it's you know even AEW watching it. I really hope they can get more people in there because it, it's 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 better than what it was, but it's still not it's not the easiest thing to watch when there's not that as many people. And it's just it's just the way it is for me. It's for a lot of people. Yeah. And there's a couple of comments here. Uh, 420 Express noting that it's not the same without the full packed house. And I think yeah. we definitely all agree with that. It's re- energy. Wrestling is energy. And that's the one real part of wrestling is the reactions. 
which is you take that away and it, it, it changes the entire dynamic of the presentation. Yeah. S.S. Suhail saying, do you think Vince could have CTE because he took way too many brutal headshots in the past? Uh, I don't, I don't, has Vince taken a lot of headshots? I didn't say that many, not, not more than the, any wrestlers during that period. Yeah. Outside of from Pat Patterson, but I think, yeah, I think he's fine. And finally, Goat Milk is saying once AEW gets full of crowds, it's going to be 100 times better. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to their product the most when uh, they get the full crowds back. That's which they've already started that process. So which one again, I'm really curious to see with with Florida allowing the we're going to have when does that start for the football? Has it started? It's already there. So it, it's if they want to do it. So the Dolphins have chosen not to do that yet. They're going to oh, keep, really? keep doing it at, uh, I believe it's 15% capacity or five, maybe it's even 10. Okay. Um, but I think they're uh, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I believe, same thing. So no one has chosen yet to, to go forward with that. The WWE, they're also staying in the Thunderdome for at least a couple more months. They have renewed their lease, even though they're allowed to go back. So... I think while the governor, uh, Governor DeSantis, is allowing it, uh, all the companies are kind of. It almost seems like they're waiting for someone else to do it first. I think that is because I think the first company that does is going to get a lot of negative right. lashback from people. Uh, those that portion of people, there's going to be the people that are all for it, and then that portion that are so dead set against it. I think too, what they may be waiting for is give it a couple months see if a vaccine is released mm -hmm. and then at least if a vaccine is released then there may be like that that comfort of knowing yeah that, like that where it eases the up worst might be behind us yeah. yeah so i think that that could be what they're like we're already this into it this deep that the the repercussions of going live first far out with the crowd the negatives might outweigh the positives as far as what could potentially because let's be honest this day and age there's a lot of people that are looking for the worst in everything that that we're going to be rooting for this to go bad for whoever like and that's just unfortunately the way that it is which is a reflection of some of the society's mindset but you know it's just i think they're probably waiting for to see what what happens in the next couple months with everything on the vaccine front probably yeah absolutely well uh it's uh, it's different doing it on the Thursday because I'm usually thinking about the weekend. I forget I, I got a you know a whole bunch of other stuff I got. <laughs> I'm sorry, Raj. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's really fun. Uh, it was it was great. Thanks for having me on as always. Likewise, anything to plug to wrap up this week? Yeah, keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. We've had uh, we always have a ton of exclusive interviews. We got Shane Helms, Booker T. Uh, we got uh, Sean Waltman. Uh, just a bunch of just a bunch of cool interviews. Chris Statlander. Uh, from AEW. So keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. Good deal. And guys, you can check out the Ryback Show live, usually every Monday through Thursday, but we'll be doing a special 10 a.m. live broadcast tomorrow as well. And also available on all podcast platforms and my Feed Me More Nutrition $4,000 Halloween cash giveaway. Go to feedmemore.com. You can get all that information on the homepage there to save 20% and be automatically entered. I'm giving away $4,000 on Halloween. Thank you guys very much for listening. You just listened to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. Feed me more.